Call my name. What is my name? Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to I piggyback just for a second on what Wade said. I think it's very possible. I mean, they would definitely be in the discussion. I think it's very possible that Friday night we had the world's greatest guitarist and the world's greatest harmonica player on the stage at the same time. And that was, you know... I, I had always heard about Kagi that, you know, he might be the world's greatest guitarist. And I went, okay, yeah, this is Nashville, come on. Uh, but it didn't take long for me to go, oh, I get it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, if, it's, if this rolls around again next year, uh, you, you want to you put that on your, on your calendar for sure. Uh, I have on my Easter shoes today because, in honor of Lori, because that's what uh, she liked them. That's what she wanted me to wear. So I, if you're available uh, this afternoon, I encourage you to, encourage you to come and, and be a part, uh, be a part of the, the service. Uh, now, would you like to stand up? It doesn't matter. Go ahead and do it anyway. Uh, let's read a passage of Scripture together. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have placed your name upon us. I thank you for this day and for this place, Lord. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, give us hearts to understand, change not just our way of thinking, but our way of, of acting. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, how many of you remember 1982? Yeah. Hey, yeah. It was a really good year for movies, wasn't it? Yeah, you may or may, or may not remember what the movies were. It depends on how recently you've investigated that. But uh, there, there were some good ones that year. Uh, E.T., The Extraterrestrial. We took, we took two-year-old Isaac, our, our son, to see that. It terrified him. <laughs> In fact, one of his grandparents decided to get him an E.T. doll for Christmas, and the thing was about this tall, he would not let it in his room. Yeah. Uh, an officer and a gentleman, Richard Gere's tour de force. Blade Runner, the original dystopian uh, mega hit movie. Uh, it was a big year for, uh, for Harrison Ford, by the way. That was the uh, that uh, was the first Indiana Jones movie, probably the best Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Raiders of the Ark. Ark. Yeah, well, that's a photo on this thing here, right? Now, nah, forget about it. 
one of my favorite movies of all time, and the one that won uh, the Oscar for Best Picture was Chariots of Fire. Uh, how many of you saw that movie? Listen, if you didn't, you need, to, you need to get a hold of this thing. I mean, it's got every scene is beautiful. There's not a moment in it that you go, oh, well, let's go get some popcorn. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's a really terrific movie. But the reason I bring these up is because of another movie that came out that year that is possibly the funniest movie I've ever seen and also has some relation to what we're talking about today. And that movie is, wait for it, Tootsie. Yeah. How many of you have seen Tootsie? Oh, this is a lot more people than in the early service. And you would have thought, I mean, the early service has old people in it. So what are you young youngsters doing watching old movies? Yeah. But it, 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 was a, it was a really terrific movie. If you don't remember it, or if you don't know, well, you may be old enough that you don't remember it. Uh, but if you, uh, if, you, if you don't know what it's about, uh, Dustin Hoffman plays this actor who is he's desperate because he's a really good actor, but he's so difficult to work with that nobody will hire him. And so he decides that he'll fix that. He'll go audition as a woman. And uh, so he, he, he becomes Tootsie, and he gets cast in a soap opera, and he becomes a huge star. And uh, there's, there's a lot of things in the movie, but the one that I'm thinking about today is uh, there's a director. Uh, Dabney Coleman plays a director, and the director is kind of misogynistic. He doesn't really have a uh, very high regard for, for women. He sort of just kind of... Um, doesn't pay attention to him, and uh, and he he calls her Tootsie. And there's one there's one place in the in the movie where he 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 says, "Okay, Tootsie, you go do this. So let's all get ready on the set." And he goes, "She goes, Ron, my name is Dorothy. It is not Tootsie, or Toots, or Honey, or Doll. Just." Dorothy. Now, Alan is always Alan, and Tom is always Tom, and John is always John. I have a name too. It's Dorothy. Capital D-O-R-O-T-H-Y, Dorothy. <laughs> Names are important. And they're important for, for a number of reasons, and one of the reasons why they're important is because they are ennobling. They, they lift Lift us up. It, it, not just with people, even with animals. I mean, you know, a dog is just a dog until it's peanut. Yeah. A cat. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't carry on. Uh, <laughs> well, you know. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a guy on, uh, on the radio who does a, a sports talk show. Uh, his name's Jim Rome, and some of you are, are familiar with him. You shame on you, uh, <laughs> but but Rome, uh, he uh, he's not particularly in, in ennobling, you know, and his his, his show's not particularly a lot of smack, you know. And uh, when I'm in the right mood, but he's funny. I mean, he's funny, and so when I'm in the right mood, I'll I'll listen to a few minutes of Jim Rome. And several years ago, he. Uh, he did an interview with John Wooden. And how many of you are old enough to know who John Wooden is? He, he was, you don't know? I'm not looking at you. You're, you're, you are old enough. I'm, I'm looking at James. Uh, 
John Wooden was a basketball coach at UCLA and um, probably the most successful basketball coach ever. He, uh, uh, and before that, I, I didn't know this until I got to looking into his life, he was a five foot ten point guard at Purdue, and he was an All-American three years in a row. First person to ever be selected All-American every, every year that he was able to start. They didn't let freshmen start in, that, in those days. Now those are the only ones playing are freshmen. <laughs> but... Uh, but anyway, he, he was at UCLA, and, and in a period of, uh, he went in 1948. He didn't, they didn't really start winning big time until the mid-60s, so it wasn't like he just went and all these players came. He had some patience, you know, it was 15 or 17 years later. But uh, he had a period of 12 years in which he won 10 national championships. Uh, and it was seven years in a row. So, I mean, this guy's got some cred. And, and not only that, he, uh, he's no longer with us, but he lived to be 99, and he was well into his 90s when Jim Rome was, uh, was interviewing him. And it was wonderful. Because when people call into Jim Rome's show, they call him, you know, Jimmy or, or Rome or Romy or, you know, and that's when they're being nice. But uh, when John Wooden would call his name, he called him James. James. It was the classiest 15 minutes of the Jim Rome show that has ever existed. And it was sweet, and it was wonderful, and it was, it was uplifting. Uh, you may recall a few months ago, I was talking about um, Eugene Peterson's book, The Pastor, and he was talking about his dad had a butcher shop. And in, and in the same town, it's a very small town, there was also this, this, this house of somewhat ill repute and uh, the ladies from that house would come into the butcher shop. And one of the things that, that Peterson was talking about is when they came in there, they weren't those ladies. Nobody was talking. Nobody was gossiping. Nobody was labeling. They were, they were Mary and they were Sue and they were Lily and they, were, they, they had names. They were, given, they were given dignity. We live in a culture that not only tends to label people, but even worse, reduces them to a, to a number, to a statistic. 25 people died in the tornado this last week. That's tragic, but that's a number. Margaret, Maury, Larry, Paul, Lori, Rena, those are names. When you say names, that's something very different from just putting a number on something or a label. Conservative, liberal, socialist, capitalist, loser, champion, gay, lesbian, straight, hipster, suit, Etc. We got them. We got, we got labels coming out of labels coming out of labels. And most of them don't even mean anything. But we use them because it enables us to deal with people as a thing rather than as a person. Peterson uh, says in Run With The Horses, anytime that we move from personal names to abstract labels or graphs or statistics, we are less in touch with reality and diminished in our capacity 
to deal with what is best, what is at, at the center of life. Tom Brady's a name. So that's a name that around Nashville we're hearing a lot these days. You know, he may come play for the Titans. That'd be, that'd be great. He may or may not be the, the greatest of all time quarterback. He may or may not be the GOAT. Uh, but he is a man with a wife and children and a mother and a father. And a couple of years ago, his mother showed up at the, at, at the Super Bowl. And yeah, it's Super Bowl, but... No, she's got the do-rag on because she's going through her cancer treatments. His life is about a whole lot more important things than being the greatest quarterback of all time or where he's going to play football this year or something like that. Those are just, those are just things. Those aren't the, the center, the, the important stuff in life. And if you're married... She's not the wife. Now, she may be the wife, but she's not the wife. And he's not the old man. When, uh, when our first grandchild was born, Isaac and Steph came to us and said, what do y'all want to be called? And uh, Margaret wanted to be Marmy. She'd been wanting that for years, so she's, she's Marmy. And I, I decided, uh, I hadn't been thinking about it long, but I went, I'm going to be Da. And I wanted to be Da because that's real simple and easy, and it might be the first word that my, grand, <laughs> my, my grandkids would say, which I, that'd be, I'd be okay with that. That's pretty cool. Ha! Uh, it never once entered my mind to go, I want to be the old man. You know, I don't think, I don't think anybody ever, ever dreams of being call that. Maybe Wayne, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Peace out. Yeah. But you wanted to be that when you were like 14, right? (laughs) (laughs) Names are ennobling. And they, names can also, they form identity. They call forth destiny. Um, Peterson says, names not only address what we are, they also anticipate what we will become. Names call us to become who we will be. We should be very thoughtful in bestowing names. And that, that's, that's actually that, that word, bestow, that's a good word to use. You know, I mean, it's okay to say, well, what, what name are you going to give him? What name are you going to give her? You know, but it's, you, you know, it's, a, it's a whole different thing to go, what name will you bestow upon this child? You know, maybe actually think about it. We had uh, three opportunities to do that. <clears throat> these, are, these are our kids. And uh, the oldest is our son, Isaac Luke. And uh, his name means laughing light. And the, I, that was very intentional. I gave him that name because I wanted his life to be filled with laughter. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be joyful. And if you've ever been in the room with Isaac when anything funny was going on, you know it was a lot funnier because Isaac was in that room. Because when he start when he starts laughing, it's not it's not one of those ha ha ha. You know, it's not one of those laughs where you go, oh, that's Isaac. But it's one of those laughs that if you're sitting close to him, 
You're just sucked into the vortex of, of joy that is that's coming out of the boy. And then our, our middle daughter there, her name is Arwen Ruth. And uh, of course, a lot of people uh, know Arwen from Lord of the Rings, but uh, actually it's a Welsh name that, uh, that, that Tolkien took. And what it means is beautiful friend. And if you know Arwen, you know that's, 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 that's who she is. That's what she is. She's, uh, she's a beautiful friend. And then there's our adopted daughter. <laughs> okay, some of you are visitors. She's not actually adopted. That was something that Laughing Light decided everybody, that was the rumor he started. But, uh, <laughs> but, but Valerie Jane means strong. God's grace. Show them your muscles, honey. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Valerie's strong. It took a little while to get there, but she is. She's strong. And God's grace flows, flows through her. He's, he's, he's gracious. We often call our children something to honor someone we love or someone we admire. Ronnie Allen uh, means rules with counsel. That's the Ronnie part. Yeah, I don't know why y'all are laughing. Uh, and Alan means harmony. One of the things that's the most precious to me in leading is, is unity and, and being able to walk in, in peace and, and harmony together. Uh, it also means handsome. Uh, and when I was younger, that was the first thing I mentioned. Now I mentioned harmony first. But I got it from, my, from an older cousin and from my grandfather. That's uh, my parents, you know, named me that because those are people that they wanted, they wanted to honor. God gives names. God, God gives names. Abraham's name didn't start out as Abraham. It started out as Abram, which means exalted father, and that's a pretty good name right there. But God said, no, you're more than that. You're Abraham. You're, you're the father of many. And this was, this was when he was the father of none. Names can shape destiny, can, can call forth what we will be. And, and God will give us a new name. I mean, beware of counterfeits because there are, you know, there are, there are those who go, we have a new name for you. God's the one who gets to give those names. Uh, it says over in Revelations that to the one who is victorious, I'll give a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the, to the one who receives it and to the one who gives it. Be careful in bestowing a name. Would a rose by any other name smell as sweet? You know, I, I mentioned I, that came up last week as we were we were talking. Uh, well, what what about this? What about here, here's some other examples. Um, well, that's not where we're going to start. We're going to start with Albert. Yeah, Albert Einstein e equals mc squared theory of relativity. Would anybody have taken it seriously if his name had been Albert Porkchop? Uh, yeah. Professor Porkchop has this theory that he wants us to look at. Yeah, right. Yes, and Arnold. Uh, would Arnold Schwarzenegger have won the Mr. Universe 
contest, pageant. It's not a pageant, is it? It's a contest, whatever it is. I don't know. Would he have wanted if his name had been Sissy P? <laughs> Valerie can take him. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then uh, Sylvester Stallone, I mean, you know, Rocky. Would that have won Best Picture of the Year if he had called the main character Marshmallow Face? I mean, it kind of fits. But. <laughs> Our names call forth a response. Peterson says the name is the right address of a person under which he or she will respond. Joel. See, that's how it works. <laughs> you say somebody's name, and immediately they're going to respond to it. They, they, they will go to it. If you're, if you're, in, a, if you're in, a, in a crowd, if you're where there's, there's a whole bunch of people and you hear your name, they might not be talking to you, but you're going you're gonna to respond. You're going you're gonna to turn and, and look at them. There are so many names that sound like Ronnie. Does anybody else have a name that, uh, yeah, Donnie, Connie, Bonnie, Bo Bonnie? <laughs> when a person uses your name, it also says, I know you. I know you. I know who you, I know who you are. Sometimes it, it's jar- jarring because they're presumptuous. And they don't really know us, but, but you know, when, when they do, it's, it's just, it says, I know you. And, yeah, we sometimes have special names, you know, for people that we know extremely well. You know, I've got, I've got a special name for Wade. I've got a special name for Wayne. It's not what you think it is, but I, but I, I, have, I have a special name, you know, for a bunch of different. He's got a special name for me. Yeah. And it might be what you think it is. I don't know. Uh, but for those you don't know, at best it's sir or madam. You know, it, it's probably more like, hey, you, or honey, or tootsie. Yeah. When God called Samuel, he used his name. And one of my favorite uh, stories in regard to this kind of thing is in the New Testament. You know, how many of you know that Zacchaeus was a wee little man? And a wee little man was he, and he climbed up in a sycamore tree. And, you know, he climbed up in that sycamore tree because he didn't have a VIP ticket. He didn't know Jesus of Nazareth. He just wanted to see him. So he climbs up, and, and Jesus comes walking into town, and he goes, Zacchaeus. Come down here. I'm going to go to your house today. See, I know you. When, when, God, when God calls our name, when Jesus first appeared after the resurrection, he wasn't recognized. Mary Magdalene thought he was the gardener. And she's going, she's, she's entreating him. Sir, if you've taken him, tell us where you put him. I, I, I'll go and get him. And, and then everything got cleared up by one word. Mary. 
soon as he said her name. When God calls our name, our eyes are opened. We, we suddenly, we can see. It's, it's a moment of clarity. And we understand. One of the things he's saying is, I know you. But more important is when we call on his name. Moses is at the burning bush and, and God says, I want you to go to, to Egypt and I want you to set my, my people free. And Moses' first question is, who am I? Who, who am I to go and do something like this? And the answer God gave him was, was, was to tell him who he was. He says, let me tell you who you are. I will go with you. I, I, I will accomplish these things and, and you, the people will know that I have sent you. And then Moses finally got it and went, oh, oh, well, who, who are you? What is your name? Because that's the real question. And God says, I am who I am. And if you've, if you've been here for a number of years, you've heard me share this before, but it's worth sharing again. We live in a world of change. We live in a world where everything is changing. There's, there's a proverb that says you can't put your foot in the same river twice. And, and that's true. You can't. But, but it's, it's not just rivers. Everything is changing. You, I've got some news for you. You are older than you were when you came in here. You're older than you were when I said that last sentence. You know, your, your temperature is different. You got a whole, you got a few million different cells than you had when you, when you first walked in. Your, your hair is longer or there's less of it. One of, one of the two from, from when you came in here. Everything is constantly changing in this universe, but there is one fixed point. I am who I am. And when life gets crazy and, and this is going on and that's going on and you don't know whether you're going or coming or, or what's happening, there's only one point that you can hold on to. And that's him. And that's what that name means. I don't change. Everything else does. So you can't depend on it. All my promises are yes and amen. And that makes sense, but it's somewhat theoretical. So God revealed himself with another name. God said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, God of Jacob. He revealed himself through three names that were known. He revealed himself as the one who made and fulfilled promises. I, I'm, I'm the one who changed Abram's name to Abraham when he didn't have any children. I'm the one who saved Isaac when he was laying on the altar and Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice him. I'm the one who's going to provide the sacrifice. I'm the one who took Jacob and, oh my goodness, he was such a mess. I mean, his name means surplanter. He would stab you in the back in a heartbeat. And I took that guy and I changed him into Israel. One for whom God contends. One who's not trying to make his way anymore, but is allowing me to make his way. And now he's revealed himself to us through another name. Over in Isaiah 9, 6, it says he'll be called Wonderful. 
Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I, I know that you know some translations put wonderful and, and counselor together, but I, I, I you know the Hebrew doesn't doesn't have commas, so that they don't really know. I, I think the name wonderful is what is where it starts, because that name literally means full of wonder. It means beyond understanding. This, there, there's more here than you have the capacity to comprehend. A counselor. And he has sent us another counselor. When he went away, because we we're going to need one, but they're, they're in unity. They, they're in perfect accord. He's the mighty God. He, uh, the Lord of hosts, the, the Lord of, uh, of heaven's angel armies. I mean, he's the one who, when his... <laughs> Pathetic little disciples. Hey, we got two swords. We'll fight these guys for you, Jesus. And Jesus goes, stop that. I can call forth 20 legions of angels just like that. And, and in case you don't know, over in Hezekiah's day, one angel killed 185,000 in one night. So, you know, a, a legion can, can do some damage. Mighty God. He is the Son, but He's also the everlasting Father. Okay, that's wonderful. That's beyond comprehension. He's the Prince of Peace. When He speaks, the storms cease. The fears recede. All of the natural universe is hushed. Hear what He has to say. couple of verses, a couple of chapters earlier, Isaiah said, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And he tells us another name. You'll call him Emmanuel. How many of you know what that means? Most of you, many of you probably do. It means God with us. That's what he will be. And John confirms this. He says, no one has ever seen God at any time, but the one and only son who himself is God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. And then Jesus, Jesus confirmed it on the night he was betrayed, and, and Philip was saying, oh Lord, show us the Father, that'll be enough for us. And Jesus says, Philip, don't you know me? Even after I've been among you such a long time, any, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And the name that is above every name. It's very simple. It's Jesus. Therefore God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It is a it is a, a wonderful thing to hear God call our name, but it's an it's a even more wonderful thing to call his name, to respond with that. It's the name you call when you're, when you're overwhelmed. It, it's, it's the name you call when you're facing fear. It's, it's the name you call when you, you need a hand to hold to cross the Jordan. Hopefully it's the name you call to say good morning. It simply means Savior. And it's not just what He does. 
It's who he is. Well, those who are going to serve communion, come forward. I have one other thing I want to share here. When Margaret, uh, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of pet names for us. I, I guess when we were first married, we kind of did. But uh, the main reason why we didn't was because there was one word that she loved to hear me say more than any other word. Can anybody guess what it was? Margaret. And I kind of feel like God loves to hear us call his name. I think gets, get, gets a response, gets his attention, loves to hear it.